All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 143 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL, and usually this is the part of the show where I go, and I'm with Drew, the co-host with the most. But uh, Drew, I don't think I don't think that title does you justice. I think I should call you Drew, future NFL kicker. Uh, after what I what happens on the Twitter, um, you're gonna bring back barefoot kicking in the NFL. I'm all for it. Uh, I just hope you don't forget this little podcast when uh, when you make it big. Maybe you can get some uh, some NFL stars on because I think you are you have now officially moved to the top of the list of uh, fantasy analysts most likely to get signed by an NFL team after that kick. How you doing, Drew? Uh, I'm good. My my left foot is still pissed as hell at me right now. <laughs> Uh, it took me two days just to be able to walk without looking like I broke my ankle, but uh, it was a ton of fun, man. Uh, we miss you there. Yeah. Hoping to get you out there next year. But oh, uh, I, I'm gonna be there. It, it, too too much stuff happened. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move around my family vacation next year yeah. to make sure that it doesn't uh, coincide with uh, with the uh, with the expo. Yeah, but, man. It was awesome. Bob did a great job. Thank you, Bob Lung, for for hosting, putting all that on. Uh, it sounds like it grew by like fifty percent over last year, and hoping it gets even bigger next year. So yeah, that's gonna be, but yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I'm excited. But you know what else I'm excited about, Drew? We got a great guest, and yeah, you know, we do. We have a uh, we have a no no guest during the season policy, and it's not because we don't like guests during the season. It's just because so much is going on. We don't want the pods to be like two and a half hours. I talk a lot. But we're not there yet. We're counting down, but we're not there yet. And I'm very excited to bring on a very special guest. We're in a league together. This man has a podcast. Everyone knows him as Mercer at C2C Dynasty Merc. What's up, Mercer? How you doing, man? Hey, I am doing excellent. I am happy to be here with you guys. Like I told you uh, pre-show, I really needed this for stress relief tonight. I'm excited to chop it up with you. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, uh, my my co-host couldn't be here tonight. He had soccer practice for his son. He's on the West Coast. I am on the East Coast, hence the name of our podcast, Coast to Coast Dynasty. And, uh you know, if, if anything, that. yeah, if anything, we're giving you a master's class in what not to do to start uh, a podcast, you know, but uh, but we're we're committed to it. We're going to make it work because we love to do it and we love to to bring the content. So thank you for having me on and, uh, you know, looking forward to talking to you guys tonight. And I did represent the bills for for Drew's sake. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. I actually uh, in Canton, they. They suckered me, man. They they had a couple of limited racks of some vintage jerseys out there, some throwbacks. And I don't know if they uh, were social engineering me or what, uh, tapping into my Twitter feed, but they they placed a vintage 1990 Jim Kelly jersey on Ooh. one of the racks. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. It may or may not be in that closet over there. <laughs> Very nice. Which which color did you – Is it? It's the blue. So nice. Yeah. Went with the blues. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's what I grew up watching. And, man, it was uh, – they got me because they there's a pretty cool little hologram uh, presentation in there, which is great for kids. 
uh, all about the Hall of Famers, like sharing some life life stories, life principles and stuff. And of course, Jim Kelly was mixed in there about how to overcome adversity from things he went through and think back to his son Hunter and stuff. So uh, they they got me hooked with some of the emotion and it was it was definitely an emotional purchase, but uh, I'm happy I got it. And I love seeing the Josh Allen jersey, man. And hopefully we get to meet each other deep in the playoffs somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it might be in year 2027 uh, that the Steelers <laughs> are back in the playoffs. <laughs> we'll see, man. They, the, Tomlin, man, they find a way. They find a way yeah. to compete. I could believe they made it last year with the skeleton of Ben Roethlisberger. But, uh, you know, certain things broke our way that last week, like the Colts losing to the Jags, which I yeah, never expected. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how we broke our playoff drought, right? Was Yeah. Andy Dalton throwing it to – I forgot who even caught the ball uh, to get the Bills in the playoffs in like 2017 or whatever it was. So, Mercer, I, I want to bring the stat up. You're, you're a Steelers fan. Uh, this, is, this is something that should make you happy. Uh, I'm going to – I'm actually going to quote because I have the tweet in front of me. I always remember these tweets and never remember who sent them out. So this is actually from NFL on CBS. Nearly 200 quarterbacks have started 50-plus games in the NFL since 1950. Only one of those quarterbacks has never thrown a pick six in his career. That quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky. So (laughs) just put that out there. He may throw you some picks this year, but none of them are ever going back to the house. That's what he's good at. He he might throw them up. but Yeah, that tweet means – Q week six, two pick sixes, guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, man, you know what? A lot of people are are worried about the quarterback position for the Steelers. I mean, look, we may not like Mitch Trubisky for fantasy, and that's all well and good. I won't argue that point. But he did make it to the playoffs twice in Chicago with Allen Robinson and – a bunch of Chicago two teachers. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nagy was the head coach. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm not saying it was because of Mitch Trubisky, but the guy knows how to win in the NFL. He knows how to take a less talented team to where it has to go. And I think overall the Pittsburgh Steelers at all the skill positions are much better than anything he ever had in Chicago. Yeah, I think for they'll sure. be okay, and and a much better head coach, a much better head coach. Yeah. So, people who want to scream at Trubisky, yeah, should you take him in, in you know in dynasty, yeah, you know maybe as a QB three, QB four type deal, but like to cute quarterback your your pro team, the pieces <laughs> around will make Mitch better. So. Well, and, and I think the same could be said for Pickett, too, because I know a lot of people are out on him already, and the guy hasn't even played in a real NFL game yet. But he looked decent um, in the preseason. I mean, he was against a bunch of guys that probably won't even be in the NFL, so I understand that. But he held it together. He uh, drove him down the field. He won the game in the last minute. And, you know, he's going to have good wep- offensive weapons around him. He just is not going to have a line. Um, very reminiscent of, uh, you know, Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's done well. I'm not saying he's that talent level. I do not think he is, but I think if the Steelers get a no line in the next couple of years, I think, uh, Pickett will be fine too. So, but I do think Trubisky will start the year and I think he'll probably play maybe through the bye, So eight games or so, and then they'll see what they got in Pickett in the second half. 
see, here's where I'm going to disagree. And shout out to Rocky, friend of the show, Dat Network brother. Him and I have a a, a bet for charity on this. I think Mitch is going to start more games than Kenny Pickett in 2022. Just because I, I think they're going to win games. I think they're going to be in it. I don't think Mike Tomlin is going to change things up just for the sake of changing things up. If, you know, through eight games, they're six and two, five and three. And I don't know what their record looks like in the beginning. So they could be playing, you know, a murderer's row the first eight games and it doesn't come out that way. But if they're looking good, I, I don't think he changes it just because uh, we use the first round pick and it's Kenny Pick now. You know, if they're three and five, yeah, Mitch will be on the bench. Don't <laughs> no one has to worry about that. You know, he's gonna say, No, I'm gonna, you know, but Mike Tomlin is definitely he's gonna do what is best for his team to win games. He's not worried about can we develop Kenny Pickett in 2022? You know, he's thinking about Kenny Pickett for 23, 24, and beyond. So that's why I think Mitch will. Probably, you know, barring injury, obviously, will start the majority of the games for the Steelers this year because I think yeah. they're actually going to have a good record and they're going to be in it. Yeah, well, I, I, I think, and I'm not disagreeing with you. It could happen certainly, especially if their defense plays well and they squeak by some close ones. But their start to the season is kind of murderers. Is it? They, okay. they have they have Bengals, Patriots. Browns, Jets. So Browns, Jets are winnable, right? If especially if Watson's not playing, should be. But then Bills, Bucks. So those are their first six games. So well, I, I think I think Bengals is winnable too. It depends on which Bengals team shows up. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, and and is is Joe Burrow going to be fully back and healthy? I know he's practicing, right. which is good, right? From his app, you know, appendectomy that he had. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I want Trubisky to do well. Like he's always kind of been that, uh, he, I think he's a good fit in Pittsburgh. He's a hard worker. He's like kind of that lunch pail guy. And, you know, when they signed him, I was excited. And when no quarterback was taken until 20, I was, <laughs> I was excited too, but I honestly didn't think that they were going to take Pickett. I thought they were going to take Malik Willis because of all the rumors and everything. Oh, and, uh, but but honestly, they, no one knew Kenny Pickett better than the Steelers, so I trust them. I trust their front office. It's going to be interesting, and uh, you know we've we've talked about the Steelers probably more than uh, anybody wants us to. So let, let's listen, let's move it on. <laughs> listen, we 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 talk about the Bills a ton. Yeah. Uh, we, we throw some Cowboy stuff in there now and then. They haven't really been uh, newsworthy for much of the uh, year of 2022. So we throw them in there every once in a while. So we talk they, about what we talk about. Oh then, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I do have a Cowboys question before we get into some of the timeline stuff. So right. are, are they going to be in the running for like a Will Fuller? They have some cap space, right? They're weakish at wide receiver outside of CD with injuries. Uh, I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Are they going to make one of these big swing signings? Are they going to sign AB? Like, that was the one he came out and said he wanted Jerry Jones to sign him. <laughs> yeah. I, Jerry Jerry's crazy, but he's not that crazy. Um, so I think AB is completely off the table. Uh, I actually think Dak Prescott would uh, take his jersey and pads off and just drive home and <laughs> would not come back. Uh, yeah. If if Jerry decided that that's what he was going to do, you know what? Here, here's my thing. 
they've had time and opportunity to sign receivers. They could have signed Julio. I mean, Julio was out there for a long time. And maybe they made an attempt and nobody knew about it. And Julio was like, uh, I'm not, no, I don't want to do it. But it seems like they're fine with what they, you know, their big quote unquote big wide receiver signing was James Washington. And that was it. They drafted Jalen Tolbert in the third round, who I like, but I like let's, face, yeah. let's face it, it's a rookie who's probably going to be, uh, you know, wide receiver two on that team come week one, uh, which, listen, maybe he's, you know, he's built different and he thrives under the pressure. Maybe we look at this year and we go, Jalen Tolbert needed a year to get acclimated to the league. Yeah, yeah. And you have CeeDee Lamb and, and that's, it. I mean, it's I will Schultz. say Schultz is going to be the guy, right? He's going to be the beneficiary. Let's. I I think people, and, and I make this argument all the time. I think people are really underestimating what Ezekiel Elliott can do in the passing game. And when I see him going as like the you know twentieth or twenty first running back off the board, you know, I get it in Dynasty. How much longer does he have? But Boy, for 2022, if you're trying to win it, I think that dude is going to get a ton of passing work. You know, the first, I mean, who knows when Michael Gallup comes back week three, week six, who knows when this happens. So it could be six games where you're seeing a lot of Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game. Not, you know, never mind what he does in the running game, in the passing game. And I, I actually think that's where a lot of the work is going to get funneled. I think Schultz will be fine. I'm not, I'm actually not as high on Schultz as a lot of people are. Uh, but I think, I think you're going to see a lot out of Zeke Elliott in the passing game. And that's, that's where I want to be. Obviously CD lamb is just going to get peppered because, you know, yeah. unless Jalen Tolbert or, you know, a long shot, like uh Simi Fioko comes out and, you know, He's a height, weight, height, weight, speed guy. If I could say that three times real fast, um, so he could possibly be kind of a dark horse. And the Cowboys have kind of like that dark horse receiver almost every year. Like last year, was Cedric Wilson kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we can even go as far back as as Kevin Ogletree in that uh, in that opening game. What was that? Jeez, that must have been like seven, eight years ago at this point. Um, you know, where he had two touchdowns and everybody thought he was uh, the fantasy future. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to make a big move. I don't think it's going to be Will Fuller. Um, They may be one of those teams that is looking at who teams are cutting, you know, as we start hitting these cut down weeks. Okay, you know, is so-and-so maybe former second-round pick Maybe like a, and you know, it almost makes me throw up to say this, but like a, a Denzel Mims gets cut. And that's, a, you know, I, I also don't think it's going to be a big time name. I don't think you're going to go, oh, um, I'm trying to think of a player that could get cut because of a big contract. You know, it's not going to be anybody that you look at and you go, whoa, that guy got cut and now Dallas signed him. Watch out. You know, it's going to be the Denzel Mims of the world and things like hey, that. Hey, they could always trade a, a late pick for Jalen Rager. <laughs> no, they can't. No, they can't. They they can get they can get him in the in the bargain bin for yeah. uh, for nothing. Well, 
I mean, they honestly could trade a seventh round pick probably and get a first round drafted wide receiver at this point. They they can do what uh what Seattle did and trade a guy they were planning on cutting to get a a JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know. We'll, we'll use that to transition into the news because nothing says big-time news like J.J. Arcega, Whiteside. Um, so let, let's hit the news, and it looks like we finally have some clarification on the Alvin Kamara situation. looks like his suspension won't be, uh, won't be doled out until 2023. So did um, – Drew, did you get Kamara in the fishbowl? I did not. Uh, I passed on him, I think, in the fourth or so, and then mm-hmm. he was gone by the time you know it was time to go back again. And So, yeah, so I've got him in a, a dynasty league or two, which one of them I feel pretty competitive in now that I know that he should be playing this year, so that feels good. Um, and we've got a couple of 23 picks for uh, first-round picks for the next year, so we can reload after that. But, no, I, I did not get him there. Um, and we'll see what happens in my home league in a couple of weeks. I'm sure everybody will be up on the news by then. So, uh, but he's definitely a guy I'll target a little bit later on if if he's still hanging around. If guys are sleeping on him, like in the third or something like that. Uh, what about you, Mercer? You have him anywhere? Uh, yeah, well, fishbowl. Well, no, I didn't get him in fishbowl because I kind of went uh, zero RB in fishbowl. But what I where I did get him, where we all were present, is the junkies listener league too. And I got him at the 612. So that was like, he just kept falling and falling. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I just, I, I honestly, I, that was like the pick in the draft that I regretted the most because right after him went Sutton and my wide receivers were, were weak, are weak, but I just couldn't pass up on having Kamara paired with Saquon and having those two, you know, high potential rbs that i could roll out with my justin herbert patrick mahomes qb room and i'm like oh so yes i got him late there and i think that was everybody's fear for the six games i even i i sent some trade offers out in my uh you know my my instant regret of drafting him and they're like oh no i want to see you know what he's going to get suspended for right so i think that uh you know i mean it was a risk i i just had to in the moment I wanted to take it, and then after the fact, I regretted it. But as the draft, you know, formed itself and I filled out my wide receiver room, I was like, ah, I'm pretty happy with it at this point. Yeah, and in Dynasty, it was it was a rough call to make, you know, if you were in a startup any time before this news came out. Because not only were you worried about up to a six-game suspension, there's age, there's usage. It was kind of yep. like, all oh, you know, the suspension was almost the uh, the cherry on top of that, you know, right. of that cake of not wanting to draft them. But now, you know, you have the year, and in a redraft, <laughs> my goodness, like, he, he probably, you know, I don't know what his redraft ADP was, but he's probably moving from, you know, a, a second, maybe even a third rounder. Now he's probably a first rounder, you know, in one quarterback, your standard kind of redraft office league. You know, he's probably a first rounder now. So, um, you know. Yeah. Got the come up. Best ball drafts, you know, earlier this year. I'm sure there was mm. a lot of Kamara value in that. And, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I – in my – home league i i had kamara i was a little fearful and this was pre-suspension anything news i 
just from age, I was like, mm-hmm. and usage, I was like, all right, well, he's probably got one or two really good years left. And then after that, it's just unknown. So I actually traded him to my brother um, in that league because my brother was weak at running back. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't, tra- you know, do, do too bad with my, my own brother, but I just wanted to get out of him. And, you know, so I can understand the the fear even before the suspension. And now in dynasty, you're like, kind of like, all right, well now I got a one-year window. If he smashes to start, trade him. Right. <laughs> like, a- unless you're, you know, super top two or three team, I think your move is to allow him to perform those first few weeks and then, then trade him then for max value. For sure. For sure. I like that. So the next bit of, uh, Zach Wilson hurt his knee in the Jets first preseason game. Looks like it's a bone bruise and a meniscus tear. The, the docs went in there. They cut him open, uh, you know, pretty much best case scenario for what he had. I was actually at that game and nobody was worried on the Jets sideline. Like he got up, <laughs> he was limping, but nobody was like, you know, you didn't see, you know, Robert Sala going, oh, no. Like what? Uh, you know, he, you know, nobody was worried. And then they're like, "Well, he could have tore his ACL." And I'm like, "He could have tore his ACL." Like there wasn't one person that was worried on that sideline. And now you're talking about he could be done for the year. Um, that you know came out even later. Listen, this is what we think it is. And so, uh, you know, the timeline was two to four weeks. But Robert Sala said, "We're going to wait till he's 100. percent We're not going to rush him out there." which is a smart thing to do. Um, They have Mike White, who ended up playing the majority of that game. He came in right after and ended up playing the majority of that game. And they also have Joe Flacco, who is elite. He's elite. He's (laughs) that's a word we could use. Um, (laughs) He used it on himself. That that's a throwback from back in his Ravens days. Right. Yeah. Joe, Joe Flacco has always thought highly of Joe Flacco. I, w- I will admit that. They're, uh, you know, I don't know how many other people have thought of Joe Flacco in those words, but he's thought of himself that way. Guy's got a ring. He does. Well, and honestly, Drew, you brought that up, and that was the happiest Super Bowl next to a Steelers win that I ever had because I knew that the Ravens would have to re-sign him for a lot of money, and I knew he was nothing that we needed to worry about longer term. And uh, sure enough, the Steelers pretty much owned uh, the Ravens. You know, I mean, we had some tough battles there. D was always strong, but uh, I knew that Joe Flacco was not elite, so I enjoyed that they paid him and kept him around. Yeah, yeah Joe uh, Joe Flacco paid for those sins by uh... – by the Lamar Jackson. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see when he actually kind of when Zach Wilson pops up again. Uh, I know in a few leagues, I put in a waiver request, a zero dollar waiver bid for uh, for Mike White. Everyone's like, "Well, it's going to be Joe Flacco," and I'm like. That's cool. Uh, I'll still just go with Mike White. Uh, we we actually saw Mike White put together some competent games last year. Uh, I don't think we said we've said that about Joe Flacco in a decade or so. So, um, you know, I'll go with the fact that at some point uh, the coaching staff there has to win games or no matter how many 
flashy picks they have, they'll all be uh, looking for jobs elsewhere. So I got a couple Mike Whites. I know a lot of people are going after Joe Flacco. Does does any of that interest you? Any Mike White, Joe Flacco love? You could just say no and we can move on or you nope. can talk about your love. Nope. If I got Zach Wilson, he's an upside play this year, hoping that you know the, the weapons around him uh, elevate him a little bit. But uh, ultimately, we're expecting the quarterback to elevate the team around him. So if I've got Zach Wilson and I was at all depending on him as a QB two or three, uh, I'm already in trouble, so I'm not going after his backup now. Uh, I'll, I'll happily take the zeros on my bench and my potential points for the leagues that do draft position by potential points. Sounds good. Yeah, and I, I didn't, I did not pick up any Mike White or Joe Flacco. I saw a lot of them, a lot, a lot of Fab more than I would have spent anyways. So even if I put in bids, like I was, I was like, I mean, and. You know, they were talking up Joe Flacco like they they jinxed themselves for whatever reason. Right. <laughs> they they were talking about how he's a starter in the NFL. I mean, this is solid say, saying this. And now it's put up or shut up. They said it. If he has to play a couple weeks, then so be it. But, uh, you know, I, I and I mean, I think specifically, if you think about it, it could be a buy low window for the weapons. Right. I mean, because. If you like Elijah Moore or you like uh, Garrett Wilson, yeah, it's like you definitely have an opportunity here. If Wilson's not going to start the year, people might panic, and it could be an opportunity for you to come in. Even if you're paying market value, it could be a young wide receiver that's available that you know wouldn't have been available had Wilson started. So trade him to me, Josh. You know who's not panicking? (laughs) This guy. Hey, I'll trade them to you. Just come with the hefty price. Don't you have both Jets wide receivers in the timeline league? Damn right I do. You greedy bastard. Hey, listen, I tried trading out of that pick so bad, and nobody wanted to take a trade, so I I took Never got an offer. I Never got an offer. You never made an offer. It works both ways, brother. It works both ways. So speaking of the Jets, do you think they beat the Browns in week two? If Flacco, or, if Flacco or Mike White starts? God, Flacco versus Jacoby Brissett. Because if it's not, not week two. Drew it up. Oh. If it's not week two, it's not week three against the Bengals. It's not week four against the Steelers. It's probably not week five against the Dolphins. It's probably not week six against the Packers. It's probably not week seven against the Broncos. Definitely not week eight against the Pats. God help me if it's week nine against the Bills. Nah, they they're they're winning two out of their first eight games. Then bye week, I think, and then it was a week eleven against the Pats again. Week twelve is this? Uh, this is Thanksgiving weekend against the Bears. Mm, maybe they could maybe beat the Bears. So they could be three and nine. They're not rushing Zach Wilson back for that, and and. Uh, I think a lot of people said it already. They're they're looking at what picks next year. I I think I I think Zach Wilson is going to be healthy before week nine. I mean, they're they're talking two to four weeks. Even if even if we call this six to eight weeks, he's going to be back before week nine. So and they're playing him to trade him at that point, right? Who the Jets playing who to trade him? Huh? Playing who to trade him? 
playing Zach Wilson, try to boost his. Ain't nobody his traded for they, Zach they, Wilson, man. And and this is the this is the front office and coach that drafted him too, right? Yeah. So they're if they're if they can't him. make him work, then that's a failure on their part, right? So they can't they can't admit that failure. That's like the whole reason why coaches are so short lived because they're they're too committed, too pot committed to not looking bad by admitting their mistakes. So are you taking Zach Wilson? Are you buying low on Zach Zach Wilson at this point? Thinking that he's got a job next year? Oh yeah, he's got a job next year. I would buy low. I only have one one out of 16 leagues do I have Zach Wilson. Um, and it was a recent startup. He went very, very late, much later than he should have in the seventh round. Um, so and it was okay. super flex. And I was like, all right, well, I don't have any, so I might as well take him. Um and pick right after him was Kenny Pickett. And I'm like, well, if you look at draft capital, second overall pick, Kenny Pickett was 20th, you know, organizational differences, obviously, but I think Wilson, I think Wilson's upside is greater than Pickett. So. All right. Yeah. I mean, the Jets are probably what a six win team this year. That's probably where that's, I would, I would put it on the, I, if it, if six was the, the line, under. I would put the under. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I, th- I think they're I think they're a six one team. I think they are getting they're getting some guys back on defense. Their defense got shredded by injuries last year. Salah's supposed to be a great defensive coach. So I think the defense is going to be a lot better than it was here. I don't. I mean, six and eleven. We're not talking about here. Mm-hmm. You know, they do close with uh, Lions, Jags, and Seahawks as three of their last four. Give me yeah. six. Yeah, they I mean, just got to win three before that little ooh, stretch. I don't know. That's still tough. Three out of fourteen. They and they did. They did draft a lot of weapons for Zach Wilson, and that's that's why you have to sort of be lukewarm on him. They are giving right. him the opportunity. I mean, it's the exact opposite of what the Bears are doing with Justin Fields, right? I mean, God, you have to feel bad for that guy. He drops in the draft. You know, he falls. The Bears jump up and grab him. And then, you know, his coach that drafted him gets fired. New new, you know, head coach comes in, new system. So he's already learning a new offense. And they put nothing around him. God, I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, there had to be teams out there that were like, you know what? I don't even think Chicago likes this guy. Let's let's try to trade for him. <laughs> I mean, right? they really, like, Chicago, two different coaching staffs have said, listen, we're going to give you next to nothing. Just make it work. <laughs> and he's got he's like, I guess. I mean, I don't have a choice. But yeah. I mean, they they may be the worst offensive group in the league. I mean, it's Darnell Mooney and who else? I mean, maybe Velas Jones is a thing, but that's a big maybe. All right. I like David Montgomery, but now everyone's like, well, David Montgomery, but they have Khalil Herbert. They have Tristan Edbert. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we're not, we're just like all these other guys are better than Dave, even though David Montgomery's actually done it in the league. Um, what? I said it on another podcast, uh, Dyn- Dynasty Hot Sauce. We did a co-podcast with Coast to Coast. Nice. I I would love for the Steelers, and I'm a big Claypool fan, 
trade Claypool to the Bears because I think that would help his stock and I think that would help his overall mm. opportunity to get Roquan Smith back. Because mm. we need linebacker help. That would that'd be first sexy. of all. I'm going to put it out there in the universe because I want it to happen. The Steelers need anything because that team is always so freaking well run. And Roquan Smith. That I don't say they need anything, but I mean, that would be a hell of a trade. I mean, I want to see it to happen. (laughs) I don't know what the Bears are doing right now. Like, normally I'd be like, no one makes that trade. But like, I don't know what the Bears are doing. So I can't say that for sure. Like, I would be like, I, I yeah. just don't understand, and I get what they did in the draft. They let value fall to them, and that was on the defensive side of the ball. But they don't hire uh, an offensive-minded head coach. They don't really get any weapons if, in the draft or in free agency. I mean, even look at the Jets. The Jets got Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzama in free agency. Now, are those two guys, you know, tight end ones no but they're good nfl players that have been around they've seen things like they can be helpful and i get it you have cole commit you're not signing signing tight ends but like christian kirk you couldn't get christian yeah. kirk over there and i guess nobody was gonna outbid hey, um, the one. jags <laughs> but <laughs> man i mean oh, I it know. just seemed like there were guys out there and you just said no to all of them yeah and and i mean in in their defense, the thing, and it makes sense to me, is the McCaskey family who owns the Bears is not, they're not billionaires. And when you sign these free agents, you have to put like so much of that contract in escrow. And they just don't have the cash flow to do that with free agents. So they need to make like, I would say, risky moves by bringing in weapons. Like, a, like that's why I think the Chase Claypool and maybe a pick for Roquan Smith works for them because then Claypool's on his rookie contract still the next two years, right? They don't have to pay him a lot of money versus the wide receiver free agent market, which is ridiculous right now. So they need to be exploring stuff like that. I just don't know that their GM is Mm -hmm. up, up and up enough to be doing those kind of things. So, yeah. Totally, totally different uh, vibe from Kansas City, who will just drop five hundred million dollars on uh, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and, and they just spend money on everybody. But all right, the, the next one here, and th- this is this has been all over Twitter for for days. So I want to see how you guys feel about it. Uh, Antonio Gibson was actually working on punt returns and the first team offense in the same practice, and then I literally just ended that by saying. WTF because uh, WFT <laughs> that is WFT ain't yeah that, ain't that the truth um so I, I'm gonna give my short two cents about Antonio Gibson and then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let smarter people than me talk at this point why would you sell if you have Antonio Gibson why would you sell him you're, you're not even getting pennies on the dollar you're you're getting those those little slugs you put into the washing machine to trick it into doing your load of laundry, those blank pieces, that's all you're getting. You're not even getting real money. It's just, you know, I've seen people offer third round picks for Antonio Gibson because at this point the hype has been so low on him. You know, he fumbled in the preseason game and, you know, yeah. and so at this point there, there's no reason to sell him. But what do you guys think? Uh, Mercer, what do you think about this? What are you doing 
you wanting Antonio Gibson? Or are you trying to buy him? Are you staying away? No, I honestly, I would, I would certainly buy low. But I, like you said, I don't think anyone in their right mind is selling low because what what can you get out of him? Um, I have him. So we're in uh, TA two together, Josh. I have yeah. him there, and I got. So what I did last year is I traded Zeke for Gibson in a first, right? So that okay. trade. Okay. Now, like I, I, I feel like I built up some equity because it was a 23 first, Ooh. but, but it's like, I, I was trying to get out. I mean, I think I sent you an offer for like straight up for a 23 first, like months and months ago before all of this. And you're like, well, I think my first is well worth way more than Gibson. And that's <laughs> that I mean, is something true. I would say. Yep. It is true. I mean, it's something like, I would say. yeah, it's like, but I mean, a year ago he was running back seven, right? I mean, it's like, he can't be that bad. He had 300 touches last year. Like that's with bad. the same coach with the same coaching staff, which with the same system and you know, I mean he was I think he was an RB1. I mean, he was an RB I think RB10 overall last year. I am just that I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't want to make up stats, but I think he was an RB1 and I I just don't know why they are doing this. They they saw him succeed, and yes, the fumbling is an issue. But it's I think he had three. Did he have three fumbles last year? Yeah. Let me let me pull that. I think up. it was but, three. Yeah, hey, but listen, it's hire Tiki Barber. That dude figured out how to not fumble the ball anymore. Hire Tiki Barber and be like Tiki. Just show this man whatever you did to not fumble anymore, and call it a day. Because uh, I remember when Mike Vick was in Philly. Uh, the coaching staff there actually made him walk around the building holding a football and it was yeah. everybody's job to try to smack it out of his hand, uh, you know, when he was around. So do, I mean, there are things that can be done, but this guy went from the next CMC to I know. punt park in three years, which is insane to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I mean, so like the, they're going to have, so I think this is a lot of media blowing it a little out of proportion. Running backs, even starting running backs, are always going to be worked into like punt returns and just catching punts. And like even if it's a fair catch, they're going to like try and get their sure-handed guys. Not that he's a sure-handed guy, but they're putting everybody back there to catch punts, right? Fair catch, right? right? So like, I you know, I wasn't there. I don't know what it entailed. But I mean, I think they drafted Brian Robinson pretty high for a reason. I mean, the quotes coming out, you know, whether it's coach speak or not, you know, he wanted the old thunder and lightning that they had with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. I mean, if it gets to that and then you have McKissick working in there on third downs, I mean, how many, I mean, he's going to go, he could possibly go from 300 touches to like half of that 150 and where's his value then? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel bad for those that were in startups last year or those that acquired him as, you know, RB7 because in drafts his rookie year, he he was either like he was a second round pick, right? So you got value on him as a rookie. You got a couple good years. Now it's just like his bottom seems to have dropped out. So I would acquire low, but I just don't see anybody, especially those that are in startups over the last two years that are selling low all right drew what do you what do you think you want gibson you don't want gibson 
Tell me what you're thinking about Antonio Gibson from the WTF football team. Uh, I mean, if I can really get him for a 23 second, unless I am, you know, rebuilding this year, uh, sign me up. I mean, I'll, I'll take him and I'll buy low on that. And, uh, you know, a guy who's done it. And even if he cuts his workload down, I, I hear 300 touches and that, that sounds like way too much for a guy with his, his profile. I mean, he had an insane speed score, but he's, he's not built to be, uh, you know, run behind that line. 15 to 18 times a game. He's, he's definitely needs to split with somebody else. And if Brian Robinson's the guy, that's cool. I mean, I got some Brian Robinson in rookie drafts and I'm, I'm good with a split there, but um, I mean, he is talented and yeah, if somebody is willing to give him up for a 23 second, uh, I think I do that pretty quickly. Cool. 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 Uh, normally this is when we dive into the timeline, but uh, our man, Jesse shot, put this in the, uh, in the chat. So we're going to answer it. Uh, meant to put this on the timeline. All good. We love answering chat questions with all the hype coming out. What are some of the bottom of your roster dart throws that you're looking to acquire? And this is a good question. Cause sometimes those guys, they, they come out of nowhere. Uh, cue the Elijah Mitchell music from last year. Uh, you know, you just, you know, a bunch of guys from, from any, everywhere. Um, so do either of you guys want to start first? You want me to start first? I got probably a bunch I can throw out there, but why don't you go? Uh, all right. Look for, uh, running back Minnesota Vikings, Kenny Naguanu. And I hope I said his last name right, because I always struggle with that one. Um, but you know, the, the scuttlebutt on the Twitter, and that's where we live. Cause that's what this show is based on is like, well, a- Alexander Madison might not even make the team or he might not be the backup. Cool. All right. Kenny, he cost me practically nothing because people are still like, oh, I don't know about all this Alexander Madison news. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote him as dead yet. So uh, grab them if the, the Twitter machine is right. So now you have the backup for Dalvin Cook, who we know can, can get himself a little injury. And we've seen no. in a couple games last year, and we've seen in preseason so far, he can be explosive. He can be that guy. And, you know, obviously you don't want him as your RB1, but a guy that you can throw into the flex or a guy you can use on bye weeks that can be a legit running back with some explosion. Uh, I don't mind that. Um, I would take whoever the uh, second to last San Francisco running back is because I will never draft Trey Sermon. Um, that's probably like a TDP right now or or maybe a Jeff Wilson, depending, you know, youth sometimes wins out. But let's face it, um, a lot of running backs get used in San Francisco at the time. That's because of it. It seems like everybody gets a turn. Uh, so that is, uh, that's another one. And we talked about it earlier. Get yourself some jet tight ends. I mean, I don't care which one you like the most, you know, you like the rookie Jeremy Rucker, go grab him. You like, you like CJ Uzama. You know, he had some, he had a couple of blow up games when he was with the Bengals. Go grab him. Tyler Conklin, go grab him. You know, whoever you like the most. Uh, so those are some lower end guys that people aren't really uh 
aren't really talking about that much that could do something, could not do something, you know. So, and that's what we're talking about when we're talking about bottom of the roster throws. You know, it's just is there a path? Can you tell a legitimate story about how a guy, you know, gets into a starting lineup on his NFL team and maybe scores you some points? And I think all those guys have a story. So, uh, whoever wants to go next. Drew, if you want to go, I can I can pick up the scraps because I have okay. I like to live in the the bottom of these. <laughs> uh, I, um, yeah, uh, I'll I'll look at a couple of guys here. Uh, I would I'd be looking at uh, guys like man. I'm scrolling through some of the ADP here from DLF. Um, I don't know if he's really bottom of the roster, but you look at a guy like Dearness Johnson. Or Johnson, who I like out of uh, Cleveland, if Kareem Hunt really gets moved. Or, again, even last year when uh, Chubbs had a couple of games, the split there was pretty favorable for him. Had a couple of solid games that he was a, a pretty obvious contributor in. Um, I'm looking at guys down here like uh, K.J. Hamler, depending on where he is. He could be an easy target to grab. I know, um, you know Tim Patrick being out, that might – make people push him up a little bit higher, but um, he's a guy I was trying to get earlier in the summer anyways. Uh, as far as tight end goes, I think we mentioned him a, a couple weeks ago, um, Daniel Bellinger from the Giants. If you can still get him relatively cheap, I'd rather have him than Kate Otten or somebody else in there. Um, somebody else that I'm, I've got on a couple teams just in case who seems to always show up somewhere during the season, talking about the Jets earlier, Braxton Berrios out of the slot there. Um, again, if that line is bad and they got to get that ball out quickly, uh, he's a guy that's shown that he can do it. So again, if you need a, a couple of flex weeks or something like that for bye weeks, um, those are a few of the names that come, that jump out at me as I'm looking at, I started looking at the 200th, uh, player and down, uh, you know, you kind of go, even if you're in a 14 team league, you know, you're looking at 15, 16, people on the roster and beyond that I think is pretty much where you look at uh, what's left. And there's, there's still some good names in there. Veteran wise, I, I'm still looking at Marvin Jones, you know, yeah, they paid up for Christian Kirk, um, Zay Jones, et cetera. So if somebody wants to to send me Marvin Jones, if we're really expecting a step forward for Trevor Lawrence this year, I'll take a guy that uh, can consistently wins those one-on-ones down the field. So those are the first ones that jump out to me. So I don't know what I left you there. Justin yeah, Brother, go for yeah, it. Well, I mean, you left me some low hanging fruit in the Bills uh, wide receiver core, <laughs> and I have to I, I, shout out to Jesse Shot. He uh, he mentioned nice jersey. I can't chat in here because I'm not logged into Streamyard, but uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, Isaiah McKenzie. Him and I were in a, a deal mm-hmm. in uh, Listener League too, where I traded McKenzie to him, a Bills fan, for mm-hmm. Dearness Johnson, who you brought up. Um, for me, I think. Uh, McKenzie's got a lot of hype right now. I think he has a legitimate chance to carve out a role. I think whoever ends up being that slot receiver in Buffalo uh, will be a good fantasy performer for them, Um, whether it's McKenzie, whether it's uh, Crowder, or my next uh, one to target is uh, Khalil Shakir. So uh, I think he could be, you know, I mean, he was a late third, fourth round pick in rookie drafts. Um, I think he was fifth round pick in the NFL draft, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, he showed out in uh, the first preseason game. Yes, it's preseason, but he made the catches. He uh, had, you know, some nice uh, moves and uh, jukes on the field. So I think those two 
in a high-powered offense, you could definitely target them. Uh, going from my most rostered, uh, going back to uh, the uh, Vikings, Ty Chandler looked really good in that first preseason game for the Vikings as well at running back. So, I mean, and this is kind of a move looking even beyond this year. Madison's in the last year of his deal. Um, he, you know, he may or may not be there, but, you know, chances are he'll, he'll you know, either – um, traded or not re-signed, and then they can have uh, Ken A and uh, Ty Chandler to back up Cook, and you know Chandler could be that that next man up. You know, starting in twenty three, I have uh, Calvin Austin the third, who is potentially you know it's a Steelers homer homer pick. I have him in a lot of leagues because he went so late. He's performing extremely well in camp as well. He's a super fast guy. I mean, he could be that. I mean, they're talking about Claypool in the as a big slot. If Claypool gets moved, or you know, they want to move him and use him outside more, um, then you've got Calvin Austin in the slot, and that could be a nice, uh, a nice guy. Rookie coming in with a rookie quarterback. Him and Pickett are getting a lot of work together, so I like, I like that for his future potential. And then uh, the last one is Isaiah Likely. He's done nothing but show out in Ravens training camp. Um, you know, Ravens fans are excited about him. Uh, I think it was on Dynasty Rewind today. They were talking about having a bookend tight end one room where Andrews finishes as the tight end one, likely as the tight end 12 because <laughs> of all their two tight end sets. And I I'm like, it. yeah, you know, I mean, I, I could see it. And likely was kind of, uh, he didn't have the best athletic profile, but he did have performance on the field in college so yep. and, he, and he's performing in camp making good catches making tough catches and you know you like to see that out of a rookie this early on so and then right. high-end oh, high high-end guy don't trade for george pickens he's 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 off the he's off the charts right we're gonna now. talk about that <laughs> we're gonna talk about that mercer we're gonna get into that because uh because that that is that is what the twitter machine is talking about right now but before we get there, we're going to talk about everything else we saw on the timeline. And this first one is from Davis Peng at Peng's Picks FF. And we, we talked about one of the guys earlier in the news. Uh, you're on the board and you have to draft one of these guys. You don't have any other options. Who are you taking? And quitting the league is not an option. So you got to take one of these guys. You can't just bow out and say, this is gross. Uh, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. Miles Sanders and Antonio Gibson. Let's see if we can get three different answers here just to confuse everyone. Uh, Drew, why don't we start with you? Who are you taking if these are the four options, the only four options that you have? Oh, you know where I'm going. Give me the guy that's got a, a stud wide receiver one to open things up, a competent quarterback and a solid line, and not a ton of competition back there with him. Uh, give me the, uh, Josh Jacobs. I almost said the wrong name. Josh Jacobs is my answer. Josh Jacobs. I'm not surprised. Um, well, also maybe the uh, the only guy on this list that's on a a different team next year. But he goes Josh Jacobs. All right, Mercer. Who do you got? Is it David Montgomery? Is it Josh Jacobs? Like Drew said, is it Miles Sanders? Or is it Antonio Gibson? All right. So my my gut wants to take Antonio Gibson, 
but like with just everything that we've talked about and just where things are headed, I mean, I think I got to go Monty because he's the one that showed the consistency so far. I mean, if you look back to that class, three of these guys are in that, that the same draft class Jacobs went, you know, he was the top RB Sanders was the second guy and Monty was always the third guy and Monty has outperformed all, all two of the guys above him. So I think you got to go Monty. I mean, he's done it on the field and uh, you know, that that's who I would do. All right. So we got one vote for Josh Jacobs. We got one vote for David Montgomery. Jesse chimed in. He said Sanders easily. And so we got it. We, Hey, we even got a vote for, for Miles Sanders. Look at that. So obviously this is all leading up to me taking Antonio Gibson, right? I just got to split it four <laughs> ways and confuse everybody. Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm with Mercer here. I'm with uh, Justin at run DFF, our boy from the, from the hot sauce podcast. I'm going David Montgomery as well. Yeah. I, I say this all the time. We don't like nice things in dynasty. I don't. <laughs> we, we, we shit on guys like David Montgomery. We shit on guys like Kirk cousins. And all they all they do is score us points. All they all they do is they they help us win games. They help us win championships. But they're not flashy. They're not you know. You're never going to confuse Dave Montgomery with a running back one. But he just he just does what he has to do. He catches the ball. He runs with the ball. I know. I know. Khalil Herbert is going to take his job, and Tristan Ebner is going to take his job. All these guys are going to take yeah. his job. Ain't nobody taking his job, man. Like let's let's stop. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know Drew's pick Josh Jacobs. You know now now it's like you know, uh, you know Zamir White's going to take his job. No, he's not. Like let's stop it right now. These these guys ain't doing that. They're not. Th- these guys are entrenched for a reason. They have proven that they can play in the league and it's not by luck. It's not because they sold their soul to the devil. It's because they're talented athletes and that, that that's what it is. I'm going Monty as well. Um, Jesse's got a couple of points about Miles Sanders. I want to put him out here so we can get some Miles Sanders love. Uh, TDs are coming back to him. He has fallen so far and, and he said, and that O-line is great. It might be the and best in the league. <laughs> it is probably the best in the league. Yeah. Um, I just don't ever trust the Philadelphia Eagles running game. I don't. You know, Miles Sanders is supposed to have been the dude for years. And what do we, we always see some Boston Scott sneak his way in. Yeah. We always, you know, Kenny Gainwell, you know. Camp season hype, but Kenny Gainwell has been a thing, and they they use some draft capital on him. Like this is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be like we've seen with Montgomery and Josh Jacobs and these guys, where the where the percentage snap share is, you know, over fifty percent, over sixty yeah. percent. You know, Sanders yeah, might I, get there, but he like barely gets there, and yeah. the all of the. All, all of the goal line stuff is usually like Jalen Hurts runs for a touchdown. You know, Boston Scott runs for a touchdown. I mean, what he scored every game he's ever played against the Giants, I think it is. He scored a touchdown. So he's going to have two this year because he scores in every game against the Giants. Like, 
it, it just always gets so broken up. If you told me that, you know, Miles Sanders is going to be that dude for, you know, a 60, 70% snap share. Oh yeah. Sign me up. I'm with it. But it it's never, it's never that big in that, uh, in that backfield there. Yeah. It's, it's pretty close for me between Jacobs and, and Monty. I mean, honestly, I, those are two guys. If I, if I was at the turn at like the six, seven turn or something, and I get both of them together, uh, sure. Sign me up. Um, Cause I'm probably stacked elsewhere. But uh, I, I do appreciate you brought up earlier. I mean, the, the Bears are not making any moves to help anybody out in that offense. So uh, they're not going to be in a position to hand the ball off. They're not trying to run out clock. Uh, and, and Monty is not that elite, elite back, even like Saquon, who can go and be, you know, turn uh, a negative play into 20, 30 yards or into a long touchdown. So I, I'll, I'll take the guy who's, whose team has made some concerted effort to improve the offense. Um, so that that's a difference maker for me, I think, is seeing what what they've added to the teams this year. But in all reality, I, I would not be sad if the person ahead of me took Jacobs and left me Montgomery. What's interesting is the only running back not picked Gibson is the only running back that was drafted by his current coach. Ooh. That is. That is. I'm still leaving him there for the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, it is this this give it, it's just got me fearful. Everything that's going yeah. on with him right now. Which like, I guess the question then, if you're in a dynasty startup right now, like what what do you what do you need on top of you know, let's say the person behind you really wants Monty or somebody in front, or you know, if all four of these guys are really here, like what are you taking to trade back three or four spots and still feeling good about getting one of these four guys, knowing that the worst case is I might end up with Gibson as the booby prize, a third, okay. nothing. I, I mean, you don't need. I, Th these guys are all very close in my mind. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, Sanders, I think he's got, there is a lot of opportunity. He's got the best situation, right? Uh, I mean, I think that they're, you know, they have the opportunity to have a really potent offense with a good line. I think the scary thing about Jacobs is he's got probably the best offensive opportunity, but the commitment from the coach is not there either, True. right? So yeah. he's kind of falling in that Gibson preseason scare, you know, category. Um, and then, you know, Monty, I mean, he's got the same stink on him too. Like, uh, line is terrible. They're saying Ebner and Khalil Herbert are going to split carries with him. But, I mean, I just go with what he's shown and he's shown the most yeah. to me. And that's what I'll always fall back to is like, like, let's not future cast too much because we're really bad at that. Let's just go by what has he done? What is he capable of? And just make your, your, your bets on that as much as you can. And it's interesting because people bring that, that argument up for Josh Jacobs. And I'm wondering and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it, it makes me wonder. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option, obviously. We all know that. I wonder if McDaniels is, like, doing what everyone on Twitter has been saying that team should be doing with running backs for years, and that's play out that rookie contract, and then that last year just use them up, and then let him go somewhere else, let another team sign him for a bunch of money, 
and then sign a couple more guys, get a guy, and just kind of rinse and repeat. Like, kind of, Zamir White was the guy this year, fourth rounder. Um, I don't think it's going to be much this year, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they, you know, they draft like a, like a Bijan next year, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now we've just reset. We got younger and we're just going to, and that's what I wonder if it's like, they're like, Hey, he's not coming back. We can give him, you know, 280 carries and, you know, 40 receptions. And then we can say, Josh Jacobs, it's been a pleasure. Go get a bag of money from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cause they oh give them God. out like they're candy. <laughs> and, you know, and then they just go into the draft and they take, you know, Gibbs or something. You know, they they take a guy and they just reset the clock. Like, I mean, fantasy Twitter has been saying that for years. You know, probably really came to a head when my Cowboys signed uh, Zeke Elliott for way too much money. And it was like, for what? Like, why? You could have just gotten a guy younger <laughs> and, and done this all over again. But Cowboys are going to cowboy. Uh, Jesse's saying he's going to get his Miles Sanders and ride him all the way to an SFB and Junkies championship oh, this year. I Jesse, Jesse, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but it's going to be Drew and I in that SFB finals. <laughs> uh, one of us is going to win the damn thing. Um, I, I've been saying it. I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. Um, and we'll see. Junkie, I'm, I'm, <laughs> our team, we have a weird team. Drew and I you, have a weird yeah. team. You better yeah. hope you're in the championship this year is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got Tom Brady as your probably top-scoring quarterback. So. Listen, Tom Brady has got another five to ten elite years in him. Uh, he's also I got mean, a big contract at Fox to not man, play football. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> he's got he's a competitor. He he loves the game. He tried to retire and couldn't. We all remember that from earlier in the offseason. Uh the guy is just bred for football. He's got another 10 years. Drew and I will be fine. We'll be fine with our Tom oh, Brady, yeah. Ryan Tannehill. I like your team. One, two. It it's honestly, it it's my weirdest team. Like I I don't have a read on it. Like I have a read on all my other teams. Like, all right, this team can contend. No, this team is bad. Whatever the case may be. Um, I'll give you, Oh, listen, Jesse says, I'll give you Jones for him. Um, I don't care if you're talking about Daniel Jones, Julio Jones, Jim Jones, the rapper. I don't care. I don't want any of that for my Tom Brady. I'll just get my, what about Mac Jones? Mac Jones, uh, Sweet <laughs> Willie Jones. I don't care who you, who, what Jones. I don't want him. Uh, I'll get my forty-eight touchdowns and forty-eight hundred yards from Tom Brady, and I'll be uh, quite happy. Jesse says he's young. Yes, he's also not good at football. Um, so he's talking Daniel Jones. I just looked at his team. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. He could have had all the Joneses that I just named. And put him in a package, and he still wouldn't get Tom Brady. Uh, like I said, I'll take his forty-eight hundred yards and forty-eight touchdowns this year, and <laughs> we'll figure out, we'll figure out what he's going to do. I mean, he has 
17 wide receivers that could end up with uh, double digit touchdowns this year. So uh, uh, I'll take, I'll take that over, uh, over Daniel Jones and the, uh, the Kenny Galladay, Juan Bell Robinson express that they're going to be running out there. I just hope that Saquon is healthy all year, man. I hope he is. <laughs> that, that's the only thing that that team has. Um, I have, I have money on that. I, I made a bet earlier in the year that uh, Saquon would be a, an a top 12 and everyone was out on Saquon I like, was. In, in March. Everyone was out. I was. And uh, I'm like, no, he's got the talent. It was un, he was unlucky in that roll up Cowboys. You know, he stepped on yep. the guy's foot yep. in the Cowboys game. And, yep. and I'm like, and he had two great games right before that. So I am happy that it, it's come full circle. He's looking good. He's ripped. He's committed. I mean, I knew that he was going to, yeah. he was going to like, Put his put his you know full effort into making sure his body was ready, and I think he's going to smash. And, and only, I mean, honestly, I think, and you know, you could put CMC into this category too. Only thing that's going to stop those guys is injury. But when you have back to back years of injury, that's when people start going, okay, <laughs> you know, they they clench up a little bit, the teeth show, and you know, it's, it's what, what I never got. Good. And my argument in this bet that I made with two of my home league league mates was they were still in on cmc mm-hmm. but out on saquon well yeah cmc's had two oh. two consecutive years you can't oh. you can't be out on saquon and in on cmc they're all no. in the same scenario the i was way more out on cmc than i was on yeah. Saquon. i yeah. way 100 because C- cmc what worries me on top of the injuries is the historical usage that he has. Yeah. You know, it Just, eventually, you know, people always talk about, you know, 29, you know, 29 or 28, 27, whatever the age is, is when running backs fall off. And if you actually look at, at studies that have been done, it's not an age, it's an amount of yeah. touches and Christian McCaffrey, you know, maybe except oh, for yeah. his rookie year was like, okay, we gave the guy, you know, 200 rushes and a hundred and you know five targets and it's just like that you know that's over 300 you know car crashes a year that this guy is going through and that that worried me more than saquon because the thing with saquon is is that you know he's going into year four so this isn't a you know you know and he was you know he missed games in those other two years so this isn't a high usage thing uh, obviously, you know, when guys get injured over and over again, I go, oh, you know, I don't like that. But, oh, man, I was way more out on CMC than I was on Saquon. I was out on both. I'm not going to sit here. I kind of regret my stance on Saquon now. But you couldn't pay me. Yeah. <laughs> pay me to draft Christian McCaffrey where where people were taking him. No <laughs> way. And, and even the ADP gap right now, I just looked it up. It's like McCaffrey's average is – nine and saquon is 26 what yeah what what are we doing people what and well and now that's probably from best ball underdog i just i quickly looked it up it's not dynasty but and i think that that, three weeks that will correct itself with as casual leagues draft i think you're still gonna get saquon drafted in you know late first early second um but 
people, anybody that's owned Saquon is probably out on him, just like those that have owned CMC. So I think there are going to be some of those home league drafts where you can grab him in the late second, early third, and that's just I hope so. Stealing money. That's what I'm hoping I for so. too. I got I got to talk to uh, I got to talk to my wife's stepbrother. We're in a uh, we're in a big money league together, and I I got to see if if uh, still happen. It's a redraft, so I got to see if that's still happening this year because I know those are the type of guys that look at yeah. AMP, and they're yeah. going to be they're going to be taking. Uh, they're going to be taking CMC in the first round. I'm just going to be doing a dance in my house when mm-hmm. I see that because I'm like, well, thank God. I might have taken him in the fourth, but you wanted to take him in the first. God bless you. Well, yeah, and, yep. and I mean, he has upside, but it's just the, you know, he's either going to be running back one or not playing, yeah. right? Like that's, yep. there's yep. a lot of variance. Yeah. DLF has him at, uh, RB4, 22 overall right now for Dynasty ADP. Uh, and Saquon is going almost a full round later at 33 RB8. Thank you very much. And I will take Jalen Waddle instead of Christian McCaffrey and pair him with Saquon Barkley instead of taking Christian McCaffrey and then being stuck with, you know, depending yeah. on how you look at it, DJ Moore next. And and they're, I mean, they're less than a year apart in age. So it's like not that much of an age gap, but I still think the usage for Saquon's been less. Yeah. I think the elite athlete that he was, he's 30 pounds heavier, like so he can withstand yeah. the the punishment of those collisions, you know, over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, did yeah. you see him? He's ripped. Oh, yeah, he's he delivering like, hits. He's yoked yeah. up. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, he's I mean uh, I, even even in in my prime, I couldn't uh ever make my body look like that. So God, God bless him. That's that's. I mean, he's always been kind of a freak of nature coming out of Penn State. It was like he's big. He catches everything. He runs fast. He runs strong. And he yeah. just did everything. So, um, yeah. But we we got we got sidetracked here. But that's fine. We I, did. I, hey, I, I had to I had to throw in my Saquon love because I, I, I love Saquon. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. So here's a good one. Here's a. Uh, a philosophy, a dynasty philosophy, or not, well, yeah, I guess dynasty philosophy question here uh, from a nerd named Andrew at Fake Footballs. This is a 14-team Superflex Dynasty League. Uh, a manager has Watson, I'm talking about Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Darnold as his QBs, and is content to roll with it and likely earn the 101. League mates complaining that this is unfair tanking, and that he has to trade for a QB. I say he shouldn't be forced to trade away assets. Who's right? Now, I want to start with this because this is going to be my PSA. Listen. Tell him, Josh. Unless you're you're in a league with a bunch of people you know, a bunch of people you've played with and you trust, you should have some kind of document. Call it what you want, a constitution, you know, a list of rules, whatever. I don't care what you call it, but it should have everything explained and it should have tanking rules, if any, which says you need to follow this specific set of rules to not be considered tanking. If there is no paper, there are no rules. Do what you want. And if, listen, by the way, we don't know anything. We are taught, this is August 17th. We think we know everything. We know, 
We know who's going to win games. We know who the MVP is going to be. We know who's going to be healthy and get hurt. We know everything. We don't know anything. Uh, Deshaun Watson could, you know, get the news that the league is going to suspend him for a year. And then he goes to federal court. And that takes to week six. Kind of like the Zeke Elliott situation from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And he plays in all those games. And he is the Deshaun Watson we all, you know, loved for dynasty purposes. That's a possibility. Or it's a possibility that he gets suspended for a year. A uh, a district court says, well, no, you can't play. The NFL is within their rights. They just slam it down right away, and he's suspended for a year. Jimmy Garoppolo. Currently, I guess the backup in San Francisco, even though he's not really playing or, you know, whatever. But he could get cut and someone picks him up. The 49ers might just say, it's not worth it to cut you or trade you. We want you as a backup in case something happens to Trey Lance. And then something happens to Trey Lance and he ends up starting 10 games or 12 games. You know, these are all real possibilities. This isn't, you know, some far-fetched idea. Sam Darnold, all right, he's he's probably not playing unless someone gets hurt, but you still never know. You know, he someone could get hurt and he's playing. So no, if there's no rule saying that you can't do this, do this. Put those zeros in your lineup every week and get the 101. I, you know, I only commission one league, Drew's in it. My anti-tanking rules, I don't even call them that. I just say everybody in your starting lineup has to be on the roster. You can't put in free agents. You can't put in guys on by. But if it's Jimmy Garoppolo and he's on the 49ers and he's probably not going to play, that's fine. He's still on a roster. There's still an opportunity for him to play if something happens. So I don't care. That's really my only rule. Love you, Josh, because I have Jimmy G in that league. Hey, listen, I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. I'm here for the people. But, yeah have something written up. If you're playing with people that you don't know well, have something written up that says, hey, this is what tanking is. People can read it beforehand and decide whether they whether or not they like the rule, but have something written up because, you know, if you don't, you get into situations like this where now, you know, members of the league are saying, well, you have to. You have to trade for a quarterback that's going to play. Guess what? This mm-hmm. This guy can go out and trade a second for Baker Mayfield tomorrow, right? Probably, probably second will get you Baker Mayfield. And then in practice, he gets Saquon. Someone rolls up on his leg out for the season. But now he's, now he's, he had Sam Darnold on his bench the whole time. Didn't have to give up anything for him, and he just wasted a second-round pick on nothing. We don't know what's going to happen. And to force somebody to make a trade because you don't like the fact that he kind of thought this through uh, that's that's not on him that's on that's on you guys you know try try to trade for deshaun watson then if you don't and try to give him you know a a, a Derek carr or yeah. you know something like that and try to get deshaun watson from him you know uh what do you guys think well, i'm totally with you on like the bylaws or the rules or whatever yep. if it's not spelled out and that's on the commissioner if it's not spelled out, then anything goes, and no one has control of your team except you. Um, I, uh, I I commissioned two leagues. I commissioned 
a redraft league and I had bylaws. Like, because mm-hmm. there's too much BS in, in redraft mm-hmm. leagues too, yep. right? I mean, yep. like, so I just, I was like, hey, you got to have a set of rules. If you don't follow it, there's your infraction, right? Yep. And so, no, I mean, you can't. There, I, I certainly don't feel like any league should have pressure peer pressure to make trades because you're not competitive especially if it's a part of your overall strategy you're paying your dues like i mean come on yep that's what dynasty is about totally agree all right yep. drew wrap, wrap it up if you're paying your dues i don't care what you do because you know what it's you are eliminating a competitor on my way to winning championships, which is the ultimate goal. Um, if that's part of the strategy, because you know what? Maybe he's excited about the QB class of 2023. Who yeah. isn't? Right. I would 100% be finding a way to get that 101 uh, if I can. Fortunately enough for me, I suck enough at Dynasty that I'll probably earn the 101 in a couple leagues. Uh, but I'm also looking for ways. You should have been looking for ways last year to try to figure out who was going to have a high pick in 2023 and making those trades, uh, you know, valiant effort, Justin, I'm trying to get uh, Josh's one or 23 first last year. Uh, now they're almost impossible to get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And you know what, if you're, if you're bitching about it as a league mate, it's because you didn't think of it first. We see it in yeah. trades. We see it all the time when somebody says, well, I would have given you more for that. Well then, you know, to Josh's point earlier, you know what, I should have sent an offer that would have gotten me Garrett Wilson. And that's, yeah. that's on me. Um, so at the end of the day, if you're paying your dues, you shouldn't care what that team is doing because that gives you, uh, in a 14-team league, let's say, that gives you a 7-point-some-odd percent chance better of getting to the championship and winning some money and getting some uh, satisfaction out of your league. And if you're going to stand by and, and bitch and moan about other people doing something that either you wish you, you would have done or you know, being creative within their bylaws, then maybe maybe dynasty isn't the route for you. Maybe you should go and look yeah. at purely redraft, where you reset next year, and you can try what you wish the other person had done, or you you can get to try what you uh, wish you had done instead of the other person. I'm with Drew 100. Um, percent I love when I look at a roster and I go, this guy or gal ain't competing this year. They they're not winning games. <laughs> Perfect. You know, and hey. By the way, in a couple of the leagues, I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. You look at the roster and you go, this dude ain't competing this year. This, this is going to be some easy wins. So I, I definitely see it from both sides. But, yeah, Drew's right. You know, why are you mad that someone is giving you a better shot of winning a championship? Why? Why? Because they're going to get the 101? Okay. Like Drew said, you should have thought of it first. Do that next time. Don't Don't complain. Don't don't cry. Don't don't bitch and moan. Just take your medicine and be better next time. So I want to get this one uh, on the way out. I think we'll be able to handle this on the way out. This is from our boy Shane. I love Shane. Got to actually meet Shane once and he's he's an amazing dude. He he calls himself the worst. He says that Shane is the worst. He's not. He's an awesome guy. Um if you're not out here trying to trade George Pickens, plus, if you have to, for a 2023 first 
Why do you even play Dynasty football? Why? Drew, you why don't you start us off? Why? Why are you even playing if you're not trying to get rid of all your George Pickens shares right now for the massive bounty that you can get? <laughs> uh, you're probably playing because you enjoy the company that you keep. You're having fun with some folks and you're doing something that uh, gives you some joy throughout the season and through the non-point scoring season. So that's a short answer. But yes, I agree. Uh, it, if you, uh, you know, I am kicking myself in in one of my home dynasty leagues. Uh, I traded the 112, which ended up being George Pickens, for a random 24 first, which uh, is fine. I'm, I'm happy I have another first out of the deal. I, I don't know that I'm a huge George Pickens believer in the long term, so I, I'm still at peace with that. But am I kicking myself that I could probably have gotten more, like a 23 first? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. So uh, you should be sending those offers out there. You should be riding that camp buzz. And I mean, attach a, a clip or a gif of that of that touchdown pass that he caught and get get people hot and bothered about it. Um, I, I, I Honestly, I'll, I'll just defer to Justin here and see what, it, what his thoughts are. But um, ultimately, yeah, you should be absolutely going after that value as much as possible, unless you are just 100% a George Pickens guy, you're a UGA fan, you believe in him for the long term. You think he'll be that next great Pittsburgh wide receiver, which they do have a strong history of producing some really, really good wide receivers in that organization. So um, I could see it going either way. I tend to be more value based, so I wish I had him in more places to trade him there. But um, I kind of let my my rankings and so forth uh, dictate where I where I took players, and I don't have that opportunity anywhere. Yeah, I mean, so I will say that I was higher on George Pickens with all the hype and everything before Deontay Johnson signed his extension. And then after that, I was like, all right, so now you have Deontay, who I think is going to continue to garner targets, and I think he's going to continue to be the wide receiver one. So now you have... George Pickens as, at best, the wide receiver two. And you still have Claypool, who I'm a believer in, and I think he could garner the same amount of targets as Pickens. So now you're, like, divvying up what I envision as a more run-heavy offense in the Steelers with Najee and a good defense and trying to grind out wins versus, like, the washed up Ben that threw it in less than two seconds and just did everything quickly so that they could move the ball down the field. I, so the hype is real. He looks legit, but I just don't think the volume will be there. First of all, and I don't think the opportunity for him to be even the wide receiver one is there. So he signed two year extension. So he's there for, Three this year and two more years. So Deontay's there for three more years, which is three of the four-year rookie deal George Pickens has. So in my mind, if you can get a 23 first and the opportunity at the back end of the 20, even if it even if it's the 112, which I did a deal in a league with a bunch of Steelers fans, and we actually had the draft slots already determined. So I traded George Pickens and my 206, which is a 2023 206 slot 
for the 112 and the 203. So I got, essentially, I bumped up the 206 to 203, and I got the 112 for George Pickens, right? So I got a little bit of a bump. But in my mind, I'm like, all right, so who's going to go in that draft? So I was, like, mapping out players that I know from Debbie. You could get a round one wide receiver in a better position at 112 next year than George Pickens will be for four years. So, I mean, I think the hype and the, you know, like the excitement for Pickens will probably allow him to have a down year this year and still maintain his value. But I just think you have a better fantasy opportunity with any first round pick in 2023, even if it's the 112. Yeah, I'm, I love what both of you guys are saying. I didn't get any George Pickens um, because if I did, everybody in my league would have gotten that George Pickens for a first. And it literally would have been the first person to see it and hit yes is going to get it. Um, Mercer, you said it, you said a lot of good things. Uh, Deontay Johnson is still there for some reason. We hate him. Again, dynasty people, we don't like nice things. I don't know why we are the way we are, but we don't like nice things. Um, I, I don't have as much faith in Claypool, but a couple of things that you, you didn't mention. So I will, um, Najee Harris can catch the ball a little bit. We saw that last year and they still have some dude named Pat Fryermuth who was, you know, a pretty good damn tight end for being a rookie. Uh, so there are a lot of weapons there, a lot of weapons. and. It's not going to be the Ben Roethlisberger to Mississippi and throw offense because that's all he can do. Um, whether it's Mitch, whether it's Kenny Pickett, those guys are a little bit more dynamic on their feet and they got a little bit more left in their arms than uh, Ben Roethlisberger did last year. So um, that could open things up now for Chase Claypool too, who I just said I wasn't high on because. Uh, Chase Claypool likes to go deep a little bit and those guys can actually throw it deep a little bit. So, um, but yeah, let, let everybody get hype. I like what Drew said, throw, uh, throw that little gif or that little, you know, eight second video of, uh, Mason Rudolph, who we all hate throwing the ball to George Pickens back at end, back corner of the end zone touchdown and say, Hey, you want this guy? You want this guy? You want this guy? Perfect pass, by the way. I mean, Mason Rudolph, for as much hate as he gets, he threw a perfect pass there. To... Hey, he, he just proves that even a uh, blind squirrel can find a nut sometimes. Uh, too bad he couldn't do that in a regular season game. But, hey, you know, it's it's Mason Rudolph. We, we're all <laughs> pulling for him, I guess. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, nah, we're not really. Um, but, yeah, like – and these are the things we have to capitalize on. You know, we keep hearing, you know, you know, can't pipe this, can't pipe that. Listen, if Damian Pierce from the uh, Houston Texans, listen, somebody's like, hey, I'll give you, uh, you know, a second and a third or a, you know, a 24 first because they think that he's going to be this long-term guy in Houston. Bye. See you later. Do we do this when guys sign? Like, hey, if, you know, when Debo signed, are you really not 100% sure about Debo? You know, can he repeat what he did in the offense last year? All right, here's the time to, to trade him. 
And you have to find those pockets on individual players where like, all right, maybe I wasn't 100% sure about this guy, but now this news has come forward that makes him look good. All right, here's my opportunity. Let me, you know, let me go in there. You know, it was it was Zamir White after the Hall of Fame game. It's like, oh, you know, he looked way more explosive than Josh Jacobs. Okay, cool. Like, let me start hunting. You know, if I used, you know, uh, a second rounder in 2022, guess what? The second rounders in 2023 are going to be better. I'll take the random 23 second and probably get a better player. So those are, you know, those are the things you have to, uh, you have to take into account. And those are the things that you have to kind of watch out for, you know, because those windows also close quick. Cause now guess what? I have one share of Debo. If I didn't like him or I wasn't sure about him, that window's closed. People aren't, you know, that's old news. We all know that he got the contract extension and he's there. We're not, you know, as excited as we were, what was that a month ago or a month and a half ago, whenever, when that, that deal actually got signed. So, um, yeah, find those windows and, you know, take advantage. Or listen, maybe you were a big, here's another guy, uh, Romeo Dubs guy, you know, maybe you really liked him coming out of Nevada and, you know, now's the time you can, you know, you can buy him. I guess you're going to be paying more than you could have, you know, during the rookie draft, but sometimes guys get hyped up and you have people who aren't believers that will sell for, maybe a little bit less than they should because they're just like, hey, I used the fourth to get them. This guy's giving me a third, you know, instant yeah. upgrade. And you can do things like that. So it kind of goes both ways. Oh, yeah. No, I'm glad you brought up Dubs because he's another obviously camp hype all-star right now. <laughs> and, and I mean, he was in a lot of drafts, a fourth, even in sharp drafts, he was a fourth round pick. Um, and Honestly, I, I think that a lot of people are willing to trade seconds for him. And I would say that if you are able to stack Rodgers with with him, I think it might be worth a good team's 23 second to grab dubs and have that upside. But Rodgers scares me a bit. I kind of think he could walk away next year, even though he just signed the extension. I, I don't know what to feel about his whole longevity. Cause I don't know if you guys heard his comments about, Oh, well, I sat three years behind Favre. Love has sat three years behind me. You know, it kind of comes full circle and you're like, so are you done next year? Like, what are you trying to tell us? I, I, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, a, professional uh pot stir he likes to get people all riled up and then he likes to tell them to relax calm down it'll be okay you know that that's what Aaron Rodgers does and he's actually one of one of the best in the business of doing it he gets people riled he pushes up buttons you know, oh, yeah. yeah he tells people that he you know he's getting high in South America he's opening <laughs> his mind and all this stuff and hey by the way Good for him. I listen. He's an adult. Do what you want. I'm not here to judge you. All I know is, is that heck, I don't care if you do it before the game. If you play like that, I mean, <laughs> you see things that other people don't see. Awesome. You, you score a bunch <laughs> of touchdowns and you're super accurate. Like I'm fine with you seeing something I don't see. But you know that that's what he does. He tells people he gets high. You know he's you know 
he's hating the front office one and he's in love with them the next day and people don't know how to you know how to take him but he's one of the best and I, I think one thing maybe I can put you at ease with this Mercer is that there's one thing that he can't hide and that's his love of money uh, and that contract gives him a lot of it so oh, yeah. I don't think he will be <laughs> stepping away uh, before that contract is over but We'll see, man. I mean, I'm just waiting for him to. I'm waiting for him to retire, and then the uh, the Packers to use uh, multiple first round picks on wide receivers and sign big time <laughs> names in free yeah. agency. Because I think they're both sides are so petty. They're just waiting oh, yeah. for that. Wait for that to happen so that they could go. Oh, it was the best guy on the board. We had to, you know, <laughs> wide receiver was a was a position of need, and you know, we just we took the guy that was most important, and the, you know, all that stuff. So, I uh, I do have a, a follow up, not not Rogers related, but we're talking about a couple of guys, camp pipe, etc. Is there anybody's camp pipe that you're buying into right now? A week into preseason games. Well, I mean, we didn't talk about him in uh, the players to buy, but I'm a Steelers fan, and I think uh, Jalen Warren from the Steelers actually looked extremely good, and he looked extremely good with Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, he was a UDFA, signed with them. I really think he has a shot to be the RB2. Now, I don't think he's going to bring Najee off the field, but all all the beat writers are like he's he's been the you know the, the best back in camp because Najee got stepped on and hasn't practiced. But I think Najee will take huge volume. But if he gets dinged up in the year, I think I think Jalen Warren, he's the guy. I like so. that. All right. Here, here's a guy um that I'm buying into the camp pipe, but it's more because of what teammates and coaching staff is saying about the player and not necessarily the media. Uh, Denver Broncos wide receiver, uh, Montrell, uh, Washington, I lost the the name for a minute. Um, I watched the Cowboys-Broncos preseason game, and... He was out there for a good part of the beginning of the game. And you just hear during the broadcast, it was in Denver. So you had the Denver uh, broadcast team doing it, the local Denver broadcast team doing it. And they were just, you know, they were talking about how, you know, players have come up to them. He, I think he's a UDFA as well. Um, uh, players have come up to him and said, you know, nobody works harder in training camp uh nobody's putting more time in the uh in the film room nobody is um you know just working on their craft more than the guy and uh he had a sideline catch and it literally you would have thought the broncos had just won the super bowl everybody on the sideline was so happy for him and um i think those are the type of guys good locker room guys that you know We've already seen Tim Patrick go down, you know, if another, you know, player to go down and this guy gets, you know, an opportunity to play in regular season games, 
I think that you could, uh, I think you could see something, you know. Uh, but I don't, I don't like to buy into camp hype for just about anybody. <laughs> I really don't because we we've we've seen great players get hyped up and not do anything. We've seen bad players get hyped up and not do anything. And then we've seen player. Remember Jamar Chase last year? He couldn't catch a football in in training camp. Uh, the the lines and the ball is bigger and all this stuff and. Yeah, people were panicking. People were like, "Oh my god, yeah. he's gonna he's he stinks!" And then he just goes out and breaks all kind of rookie records, and we're all, you know, calling <laughs> him the the wide receiver one. So, um, I do I, have to make Rubens. He he jumped in the chat here. So, soccer practice is over, and he said, "Ayuks camp hype is someone he's buying into as the uh, the Niners homer that he is." But I, I honestly have been trying to buy Ayuk too, and. Can't get him anywhere now. He's yeah. he's he went from affordable to now probably a bit overpriced. But man, him and Trey Lance were working out. I would love any Trey Lance team I have. I would love to have Ayuk on that and have those two paired together for years and years. I, I have a Trey Lance team and TA two. Well, I got the better wide receiver. I got Debo Samuel. So I'm, oh, nice. I'm, nice. Quite, I'm, I'm quite fine with that. Uh, I've never been nice. an IU guy. Uh, will never be an IU guy. I've always been a Debo guy from uh, even the pre-draft process before he went to uh, San Francisco. I was always like, we are sleeping on this guy, and I don't know why he's so good at everything, and I'm just loving it. Um, but, hey, man. Plant your flags. Oh, we, we always say that. Plant your flags. Don't matter what I say. Don't matter what, what Drew says. If there's a guy you like, Ruben, go get yourself as much Ayuk as possible. Um, if I had him, I would trade him. Even if we weren't in the same league, I would still trade him to you just to get him <laughs> off my team. But um, that's your dude. Go get him. Like, and, and Mercer's right. Like, his, his roller coaster has been crazy because before the season last year, you couldn't buy him without paying a, a steep price. And then the season happened and it was like <laughs> that, that value just kept going down and down and down. So really during the season last year was when you were, when, if you liked them was when you should have gotten them. But uh, all right. On that note, I think, I think it's time for us to get out of here. Um, on the way out, Mercer, just uh, one more time, tell everybody who you are, where they can find you, what you're up to. Yeah, so first of all, we're uh, starting a new podcast. We're a few episodes in, and we like to chat it up about Dynasty. We are at Coast, so Coast to Coast Dynasty Podcast at C2C Dynasty Pod on Twitter. I am at C2C Dynasty Merce on Twitter, and my uh, co-host Ruben Almada is at Superflex Degen. So, and he and he is the best commissioner in all of the biz. I mean, no no offense to uh, Dynasty Outhouse, but, you know, I, I've really enjoyed Ruben. That's how we got to know each other. He's in he's my commission, six leagues. He's very active in uh, the group the group me chats for Dynasty Trades HQ, where Shane Manila, as we talked about earlier, is part of. And, uh, you know, honestly, we're just out here to have uh, a good time. We, uh, we aren't as consistent as we want to be right now, but we will get there during the season. And uh, thank you guys so much for uh, having me on. It was awesome to be in the 
uh, junkies uh, listener league draft with you. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really uh, happy that you had us on. Sorry, Ruben couldn't be here, but uh, that's the thing. We both have young kids. He's a coach. You know, we got to fill in. We're, we're always going to backfill. He, he, when I was on vacation, he had uh, uh, Kane on for a uh, nice. uh, coast to coast uh, podcast without me. And, you know, we just, we're going to always put out, you know, valuable content in the dynasty space and that that's what i love about your show um it's just not it's just not good knowledge it's also super entertaining um we will have both you and ruben on at one point we we're gonna get the whole the whole crew together and and do a show so no worries about that but uh appreciate you coming on and appreciate everybody in the chat chat was great we had so many questions uh good questions uh, Jesse, Justin, Ruben was in there. Uh, it was it was a good time. Thank you all. Uh, remember, guys, if you're watching, just hit subscribe, hit the bell, give the video a thumbs up, leave a comment if you want to. Um, with you know, all that stuff helps us out. And then listen, Wednesday at nine doesn't work for everybody. Uh, so if you're listening to this on podcast, uh, appreciate you guys too. Um, you know. Just make sure if a friend told you about it and you like it, hit subscribe so you can get this uh, every week when we come out. Then leave a rate and review because that helps us out too. Um, we do appreciate it. It's an hour and 40 minutes. You could be doing anything else, literally anything else, and you decided to uh, pop us on and listen to us. So after all that, Drew, let's get out of here. Late.